0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. It is time for the Mayor's Town Hall with Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, who joins us now. Mr. Mayor, thank you for the time today. Appreciate it. Uh, Good morning, Scott. How are you? I am wonderful. I mean, as I say, how can you not be great on a day like this? It's a fantastic day. Uh, The weather is perfect, the sun shines, and uh, it's dry, so whatever you want to do out there in the great outdoors is available to you. So, yeah, enjoy. You know, in another month or two, we're all going to be complaining about how cold it is and everything. So, because that's our way. That's our way. So, take advantage now. Uh, We have a lot of things that I would like to get to today in the limited time that we have. And I want to start here. Um, I want to play a clip from Counselor Jason Farr, Ward 2 Counselor Jason Farr uh, from earlier this week. Here we go. A growing number of residents and business people in Ward 2 are concerned that the 39 is going to turn to 49 really soon. And that clearly, when you understand the definition of the repeal in our motion on August 9th, is a flaw. It is heading in the exact opposite direction. He, of course, is talking about homeless encampments that are... They've been a, a, a bit of a struggle, more than a bit, in this city, uh, Mr. Mayor. And, and Councillor Farr says they're heading in the wrong direction right now. Do you agree with that? Uh, we're, well, we're seeing, uh, you know, an influx of them, for sure. And, uh, you know,
1: it's not like these encampments haven't been around, uh, you know, for, for decades, quite frankly. But they haven't been as visible as they are today. And that's uh, that's certainly an ongoing problem. And they've uh, decided that, uh, you know, our city parks are an area that they're they're prepared to occupy. Uh, you know, you recall that we had our challenges on Ferguson Avenue and on York Boulevard, uh, you know, in the early on in the pandemic. And that was a lot of it was pandemic related. And, uh, you know, that the price of housing has, has since escalated significantly. And so we're seeing more of these instances happening in our community. And it's a, a perplexing, complex problem that uh, isn't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I think the uh, the colder weather that we talked about a little while ago is certainly going to have an impact on that, but the reality is that, that we work actively with all of our partners, whether it's the, uh, the the docs that are working out in the broader community or our social services and our public health teams, constantly working with individuals that are living rough in our community for whatever reason to get them housed and there are opportunities to get them housed. so we're 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 going to continue that work. Uh, it's very important. Uh, you know what? I know councilor farr is uh, you know sharing his frustration and I think we all feel that frustration but the reality is that uh, you know 40, 40 folks in tents in our community isn't isn't exactly a disaster uh, but it is a, an indicator of something that uh, needs our attention and that all parties need to be working towards to get them properly housed in either short-term or long-term housing and you know 600 some odd folks in our community have been housed through that ongoing dialogue with our social navigator program through the police and through social services and public health. And uh, that effort continues. And I think that's that's really the right approach to take is to continue that ongoing dialogue with those individuals to get them into a proper location.
0: If you suggest, not you, if someone, you, the greater you, if you suggest that we don't really like the sight of tents around in the city or of, you know, sitting at the the mess or whatever on public land, you are probably going to be accused of being not very sympathetic and not understanding. And there's probably something to that. But on the other hand, I'm wondering as mayor, is there, is there any value in the aesthetic of this? And I, and I know that may sound very surface, but as people drive through the city, if they see tents and they see messes and they see stuff around does that matter, or, or is that totally insignificant to, to this whole discussion?
1: No, it matters. Um, you know, I think mean, it matters to a lot of people. It certainly matters to our kind of image as a city. Uh, but it is not unique to Hamilton, so you don't have to go very far and see all of our other municipalities are struggling with the same issue uh, during, you know during this kind of pandemic especially. Uh, but on an ongoing basis these these issues have been happening uh, m- much more uh, out of sight out of mind than they are today uh, the one of the one of the frustrations we do have is that uh, some of the uh, the folks the medical practitioners are out there uh, you know in, in many respects encouraging people to go into tents and you know that 's certainly kind of divergent from you know where we all want to be, which is to get folks into housing and I think that's part of the frustration that we're we're actually having uh, you know a bit of a uh, Tugging a pull with uh, you know some very good uh, and caring medical professions out there that uh, you know previously had been in offering up tents for people to live rough in our community and making arrangements for them to do so and that 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 kind of encouragement is uh, the opposite of what we would like to see happen. So we're uh, we're interested in having people either in shelters or in in uh, longer term housing uh, uh, arrangements. Uh you know do we have a hundred percent capacity to house everybody especially the high acuity folks that have you know multiple issues that can't be housed in shelters and can't be in, in some other permanent residence because they just have too many issues yes and we need uh, we need our you know provincial and federal governments to help us with some resources to be able to provide the kind of housing that provides the level of supports that those individuals need but those are you know, you know there's a couple of handfuls of those individuals in our community. Uh, the rest are making a choice. And, uh, you know, the choice to, to decide to take our parks and make them their campsites is not a choice that we're going to uh, condone. And it's one that we're going to work against. And we're, uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that those that don't need to be there uh, go to a proper place so that those parks can be available for the use that they were intended to be, which is the enjoyment of all the citizens, residents in the area. To enjoy that space. And when you, these encampments are not, uh, you know, particularly healthy, clean places. There are needles, there are uh, drug addiction issues, there is uh, obviously, uh, you know, using, you know, some of that park space to, uh, as part of their toiletry, uh, you, know, uh, you know, needs. Uh, and there's been fires and other things that have occurred and, and some deaths uh, that have occurred in these encampments. And so they, these are not, you know, public friendly places for people to bring their children and their kids to enjoy the park. So uh, we want to create that appropriate balance and make sure that uh, all of those folks that can get housed do get housed and that they don't make the choice of, I I feel like being on my own in a park, uh, that is not a choice that
0: we're going to condone and and something that we're going to work against. You referred to uh, folks in the medical field. Let's pivot a little bit here. Um, We learned this week, maybe we're reminded this week, that Hamilton's vaccination rate, COVID vaccination rate, is the worst right now in the province. Why is that?
1: Uh, you know, there's a multiple multiple reasons for that. One one of them is, and this is something that public health has uh, has noted on several occasions. Uh, you know, we we were we were not a designated a complete hotspot like other communities like Toronto, uh, Brampton, Mississauga early on in the pandemic, so they got a pretty significant head start. On vaccinations, when the vaccination supply was rather limited, if you recall, uh, the uh, you know some some of these vaccinations uh, were were not available. We had to actually limit the amount of people that getting them, and we had to phase it in because we didn't have supply. And so, uh, as a result of that, we're 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 a little behind right from the get go in terms of the the vaccination rate. Uh, beyond that, it is uh, you know cultural issues. It is uh, you know access issues. Um, you know, I, I, obviously some folks are making the choice to not get a, get vaccinated and getting their information in, in places where they uh, shouldn't. Uh, social media being one of them, uh, you know, I, I think they need to be talking to their medical professionals, the medical practitioners, their doctor in terms of advice on getting the vaccine. And so, you know, these last 10% that we want to get to to get vaccinated is going to be particularly challenging here and right across the province. So We're at about 80% of uh, folks that have received their first dose and 76% of those that are fully vaccinated. But we want to get to the 90% mark. And so, uh, you know, it's not a competition between municipalities. We all have different issues that we have to deal with. Uh, The reality is that we've got uh, more work to do, and we're we're actually providing mobile clinics in all of the low, low vaccination areas. We're going directly to people. Whether it's in schools or some of our rec centers, we have a mobile bus that's functioning in uh, in our community. That's going directly into low vaccination rate areas. We've had uh, vaccination clinics at Lamb Ridge Mall, and we're going to have one at the uh, cross the street from the football game. Uh, you know, all of those are efforts to get to individuals that may have made the choice to wait or need more information, or, you know, are are thinking about uh, getting vaccinated and and just want to make it easy for them to do. So we're moving heaven and earth to try and get Mm. people to understand why vaccination is important. And I would say, uh, you know, for anyone that hasn't been vaccinated now, you're, you know, you're doing it for yourself, your family, and, uh, and predominantly for your community, because it is really the only way that we're going to get to a unrestricted Uh, more relaxed, uh, you know, environment in all of our cities, uh, not not only here, but
0: right across the country. I mean, this has certainly been a wedge issue. It's been a a very contentious issue in the federal election, not just here municipally. And so I ask you, do you think that those who are hesitant or those who haven't or those who have decided they're not going to get vaccinated, do you think that they are entitled to their position or are they being selfish and making things wrong for everyone, making things bad for everyone else and out of line?
1: Uh, the latter, um, you know, we, uh, we we are a community and uh, you know, we've been able to eradicate, uh, you know, other major diseases like polio and smallpox and measles, largely because the, you know, the majority of the population to, you know, I think I think one or two percent of the population has not received vaccines against that. We've been able to eradicate all of those diseases because we've had a, a, a community spirit around understanding why it's important to do for everybody. Uh, the only way we can eradicate it is is for everybody to participate in this vaccine process. So how how we got to folks making a determination that this vaccine is somehow different than any other vaccine that's been out there. In fact, it's much improved. I think the uh, the incidence of of uh, harm or or you know reaction to the uh, to the vaccine has actually been I think one of the lowest of any of the vaccines that we've ever ever received. And so uh, I think they're uh, they're they're not uh, taking into account their uh, their community responsibility to uh, others in our in our community and you know what society only works well when we have some common themes around how we're going to function and uh this is one of those areas when we're thinking about the health and welfare of all of our citizens citizens that we have a responsibility to uh to participate and uh I'm hoping that uh you know, as, as we see the, uh, the narrowing of opportunity for people to do things if they're not vaccinated, so can't go to the football game unless you can demonstrate that you're, you've either had a vaccine, do two doses of the vaccine, or you can demonstrate a negative test. I imagine that somewhere down the road that's going to narrow down to uh, if you cannot demonstrate a vaccine, uh, dosage t- times two, Uh, you won't be able to participate in that or you, you won't be able to go to the gym or you won't be able to go to the restaurant or all the other things that you would like to do, the theater. Uh, you know, all the entertainment and enjoyment things are going to narrow and, uh, you know, you're going to be left out of what you want to might, might want to participate in as, as part of our broader community. And, you know, and I would say at some point jobs are going to be at stake. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't foresee that the uh, you know, vast majority of our population that are vaccinated are going to appreciate working with individuals that have not been vaccinated that could still potentially spread uh, the virus to them or to others and that is going to be a pressure that uh, all the folks that are unvaccinated now are going to feel and it's coming uh, you know fast and
0: quickly got a few minutes left here let's pivot one more time here to uh, probably everyone's favorite topic in the city <laughs> lrt the three letters that uh, i you and i talked once before about this well we've talked many times about this and i said on our headstones it was going to be chiseled we're working on the lrt or covering the lrt and still were when we died uh, not true it has there has been a vote the lrt the deal with metro links is going to go ahead this is going to happen barring some miraculous catastrophe um are you relieved? What's what's the word that the the person who's been driving this uh, feels at the point that this finally happens? Relief, excitement? What is it?
1: Uh, it's excitement, uh, Scott. You know this has been uh, been a twelve year journey, and, and not unusual actually for these large you know infrastructure projects. And you know I'll harken back to the uh, the Red Hill Creek Expressway and the fifty year journey that it took uh, to get to uh, fruition. Uh, you know, LRT projects are complex and are, uh, and you know they're big budget items. And uh, you know, you can pick one in any any municipality you can think of. Kitchener Waterloo, for instance, had about a ten or twelve year journey before mm-hmm. they get their got their LRT up and up and going. Ottawa, the same. Edmonton, Calgary. Uh, you know, pick one. Uh, none of them are easy, uh, but they're all very very beneficial. And so uh, the excitement and enthusiasm for having our federal and provincial governments come together to provide the 100% of the capital resources to make this happen, I would say is unusual. And uh, you know what, we, uh, we, we should pat ourselves on the back for having successfully landed something that isn't going to be a burden to the local taxpayers, but uh, is something that, uh, you know, the city is going to enjoy and benefit from for decades to come. This is really moving on to the on-ramp to our future. Uh, This is really where we're going to see Mm. the city of Hamilton become an integrated, um, uh, equitable, uh, transportation-connected city that's going to continue to provide opportunity, but at the same time also provide opportunity for new renewal and development along the corridor that's going to hold the city, uh, you know, very very well for the, the next foreseeable future. So that, you know, that our one of our one of our challenges is housing. Uh, you know, that's a challenge that's happening right across the country. Uh, LRT is is renowned for inspiring new and renewed higher density housing all the way along its corridors wherever <laughs> they're being built, and that is going to be a very very positive development for the city of Hamilton. So hopefully we can get on top of this
0: scarcity of housing issue, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. Really appreciate the time, as always, Mayor Fred Eisenberger, City of Hamilton. There were so many other things I wanted to get to, but you know what? I'll pass the list on to Bill for next time, (laughs) although he has his stuff too. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Look forward to it. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You as well. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.